feel good. First, what's that game? Is that technically a game winner? First one. But, uh, Question. All right, here we go. Smart, looking, looking for Tatum. Gets it in. Tatum takes it. Edwards says, I am hot. Oh, man. Right, Kemba right away. Walker goes baseline, sends it back out to Smart. He'll try a three. Got it. Marcus Smart is so good. Marcus Smart is so good. Smart, same spot, same result. Haywood again comes away with it on the run. Bounce pass. Hello and welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Vallis, a.k.a. Brutal Gash. Thanks, as always, for joining us, even after a couple of brutal back-to-back losses. Coming up on the show, a group commiseration over the last two games, particularly today's shocker against the Sixers. We'll get to some Celtics Reddit stuff and also who's more likely to make the All-Star game, Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. But first... Jackson and Joe are both being load managed today, so I'm very happy to welcome another guest from the Celtics Reddit community. Username, Broncos Celtics. Real name is Lee. Lee, how's it going, buddy? I'm good, I'm good. I'm coming to you from the Sunshine Coast. Uh, Thanks a lot for having me uh, on the uh, podcast today. Yeah, no worries. Always good to have a a fellow Aussie on the show. Lee, before we get started, can you you tell us a bit about yourself? Like, how did you become a, a Celtics fan this far away from Boston? Yeah, so I guess um, when I was a kid, originally I was um, a massive Hakeem Olajuwon fan, so that's where it really all started was the uh, the 94-95 playoffs, um, loved the nice. Houston Rockets, and then after that, um, the Rockets didn't do a whole lot, so towards the end of the 90s, um, you know, I started reading things on the internet when that all sort of came about, and realized who the Boston Celtics were and what the history was. And to be honest, the Celtics in the nineties, mate, I think you know that <laughs> they, they oh, weren't yeah. really, they weren't really a team to hang your hat on or anything like that. But I, I learned um, a lot about the history of the team and where they came from. So from that point, I, I was kind of a fan. And then through the, uh, the early two thousands up towards um, obviously when we beat the Lakers um, for our last championship in 08, that's that's kind of when um, everything really kicked off for me. But I've been a Celtics fan since the late 90s. Um, and then, you know, in the last few years, just extremely passionate Celtics fan on the Reddit forum. Obviously, that's where you found me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, pretty much watch every game that I possibly can. Um, yeah, that that's that's me. I mean, obviously, I'm from Brisbane. Like I said, it's a long way. I've been to Boston before, so I will say that. Nice. Um, I haven't seen a, a game. I haven't been to a game there, but um, I went to the TD Garden. I've seen the banners hanging from the rafters. Um, that was in 2006. So, yeah, that's another point. I think I looked up and went, yeah, I really love this team. Hell yeah. <laughs> nice. It's always nice to meet another Aussie Celtics fan, at least in my offline life, like they're they're few and far between, and I've probably met more through this podcast than uh, any time prior. So, anyway, man, thank, thanks for coming on. We no should worries. probably we should probably get to this 115 to 109 loss to Philly today, last sure. night. If you're listening in the US, Lee, I'm going to throw you right in the deep end here. Uh, what were your takeaways from this game overall? Yeah, so I did watch the game. Um, I guess for me, it was Joel Embiid was just impossible. I mean, him 38 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. Towards the end of the game, we were fouling him. He hit basically every free throw towards the end of the game. Um, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, 
not too good today. Tatum was five for 18 with 15. Jalen was three for nine with eight points. Um, that kind of spells it out a little bit. Towards the beginning of the game or the first half, Kemba hit 21 points, and I was like, all right, Kemba's, you know, Kemba's going well here, but he finished yeah. with 29. Um, so it's like we, we started well. It was a very gritty game, but towards the end, they just kind of they edged us out, and it was, it was hard to watch because um, I definitely thought we, we had it at one point, and I thought we could keep that, that home streak going, and, but no, it just it wasn't to be today. Yeah, I definitely felt, particularly in the first quarter, obviously we, we finished the first quarter up and like we looked like the better team. We looked like the, you know, the home court advantage, the, the garden crowd was electric and, and behind us and, and Kemba got off to a hot start. But then, yeah, in the second half, like 21 points from the Celtics in the third quarter, 29 in the fourth, but we gave up 34 to Philly. Um, and that Philly defense through the, uh, the second half was just suffocating. Um, and Bede, like you mentioned, it was kind of unfortunate that this game was right after the, I think it was the inside the NBA on TNT guys. Yep. I don't know how the exact quote, but they, they called him out for being like super lazy. Um, mm-hmm. and then we get him the following game. So like, of course he's going to go off and, um, he just owned us all game. I was, I was actually about to bring that up. I think it was Charles Barkley and Shaq. Um, that literally said, you know, he's not playing to his potential. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. So there he came, 38 points later, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah, tough I mean, to watch. And, and, you know, to add to that, I honestly think we, we, we miss Marcus Smart massively. And Marcus is, um, you know, he's the heart of the team, in my opinion. And he's the type of guy that goes after a guy like Embiid when he's on fire. When Embiid's making those plays, he's slamming those dunks down. That's when Marcus Smart is there. He's the one that's throwing it back in his face. So we're, we're missing him at the moment too, um, you know, but we can't make excuses. We, you know, the guys on the court, there, they're the ones that play today. Yeah, definitely miss Marcus Smart and, and late in the game there where like, you know, typically we could almost rely on a Marcus Smart moment to get us a stop without having to send Embiid and, and later Simmons to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Just didn't have him. And, you know, the, the result turned out accordingly, I guess. Um, but given, given Embiid's dominance, it's kind of ironic that our two European big men, like, really stood out. Like, looking at um, Daniel Tice's stats now, like, 7 of 11 from the field at 63.6%. Uh, 16 points, you know, obviously didn't dominate in the boards um, given the size of Philly, but between Daniel Tice, Danny T, and uh, and Ines Cantor, like they were surprisingly awesome, um, you know, given they're going up against the size of uh, Embiid there. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I definitely love this, like, Tice, the German Jordan, um, as we like to call him on, a, on, the, on the Reddit thread. Um, you know, he had 16 points. And, I mean, to me today, I think the biggest positive was Cantor, my new sure. favorite number 11. I mean, 20 <laughs> points, nine rebounds. That's that's really good stats. So, I mean, we're still at that point in the season that we've, we've got a few, you know, we've got a bit of work to do. But we've got guys like that that are stepping up when we're missing other players here and there. We've got... Hayward coming back. Um, there's a few things that the rookies were both dropped today as well, which I'm not too sure about why, you know, Carson Edwards, he was dropped back down to Maine and Romeo as well mm-hmm. um, after they brought him up for the Indiana game and they didn't use him. So there's a few bits and pieces kind of moving around at the moment, but yeah, I have to say Tease and Cantor both stood up where they could. Um, Semi, on the other hand, um, 
looking at <laughs> 24 minutes and one assist and <laughs> that's about it right yeah, at a minus five overall, not, not a lot of impact. Um, six boards, I suppose. And I, Sammy's one of those guys, I, you know, you, semi apologists could argue that he had, does a lot of stuff that's not sort of quantified on the uh, on the box score. But yeah, yeah, he wasn't really doing a lot to sort of you know jump off the page there. Unfortunately, where we really yeah. needed him. Yeah, I agree. But you know, at the same time, I really think that the two Jays. You know, other than Jalen, um, you know, his his three-point shot right towards the end of the game, that kind of brought us back. Um, they just weren't firing tonight. And if if those guys aren't firing, then, you know, we're not we're not going to win. Um, Hayward did a great job coming back from another injury. Yet again, it seems like we, we keep saying that he's coming back from injuries. <laughs> but um, I think he should, you know, be back in the team now full time, uh, you know, Hay was just amazing, and I have a feeling that we haven't really seen his full potential this year. So once he's firing, the two Jays, if they're back on page, and we've got Marcus Smart, the heart of the team, you know, I think um, I think we should be looking good. Yeah, Haywood in particular in the second half, I thought was really impressive, and I, I was kind of thinking, okay, cool, like it's taken him two and a half games to to get back to his form, including being like completely knocked out or um, or just the yips from from the two young wings there. But like Tatum shooting five for 18, 27.8% from the floor, that's not an anomaly. Is, is it too early to say that he's just having a kind of a bad season? I think it's too early to say. I mean, he's been clutch at, you know, two or three times a season when he's needed to put the ball in the hoop. He's done that. Um, I think there's just a lot of pressure on those two. Um, Jalen Brown... Um, is having a great season. Um, I, I honestly think that it's just too early to say at this point that they're having bad seasons, especially Tatum. He's just got a lot of pressure. And, yeah, I mean, just the, the stats tonight are not too good. But every now and then I'll look back and, like, that last three-pointer right towards the end of the game, boom, he hit it straight away. Um, you know, he took us to overtime a few weeks ago. He, he's He's been there when we need those big shots. Um I just think it's the chemistry. This team's still learning, you know, who's who. We've got Kemba, who's, you know, trying to run the team. Um, Hayward's just coming back. It, it's still, you know, it's early days. I don't think he's having a bad season. I'm not going to put him down yet. Yeah, you mentioned Kemba. He totally did his bit in these past two games. Like, of all the people who are completely fulfilling their role, uh, it's definitely Campbell Walker, and yeah, it was just the case where this time our, our two young wings, our promising young wings, just didn't really show up. Tatum in particular, but you know, you mentioned Tatum is clutch, and like that is a recognizable facet of his game. Like thinking back to the Clippers game with that sort of step back against Paul George, uh, mm-hmm. and now the the two clutch threes. I think he had one to cut it to five late in the game, and another clutch three to cut it to one with 26 seconds remaining. Yeah. Um, but those floaters though, I, we got to, we got to talk about the Jalen, the, the Jalen, the Jason Tatum floaters. Um, mm. He put up a lot of them in this game and it just doesn't seem to be like a part of his tool belt. No, they just, they keep bouncing out and it, it's, it's very upsetting to see because you know <laughs> that when he's put in the corner and when he's put in certain spots, he can make those shots. Like, you know, he can do it. Um, it's just a certain part of that game that he seems to be missing at the moment. So, you know, I mean, he's only 21. So let's, <laughs> as we keep saying, I mean, I, I think I think he's still, there's a lot to learn with this guy. He's still early in his career, even though he's been there for, you know, what, 
three, four, what, four years now. Um, I, I just think that yeah, we just need to let it play out with um, with Tatum. Um, you know, those clutch shots is where he's at. Let's just see how we go. Yeah, no, I, I pretty much agree with that. Um, Jalen Brown, I... At first, after the game, thought that he didn't get enough usage, but I think you you have to kind of credit the Philly defense there. Like Jalen Brown has has sort of been surging these last few games, and even against um, Indiana, obviously we didn't pull that game out, and you know partly due to the fact that Jalen Brown fouled out towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a really good job of keeping the ball out of of Jalen Brown's hands early in the game. He he sort of got one of what is now like a patented baseline drive pump fake bucket which he is like i swear the success rate on that is like you know a thousand percent but they quickly shut that down and you know, that's kind of been a huge part of our offense particularly Jalen brown's offense and um i think that was a huge part of why they they pulled out the w in the end yeah and is is this the least points he's scored this season that's what i was trying to look up before actually uh, i don't know but I, I would assume so like it's you know yeah they, pretty they piss really... poor in comparison <laughs> yeah they really shut him down at eight points and that that's massive i mean at this point in the year, like, you know, I'm wanting Jalen to be scoring 20-plus points. Um, yeah, I've just I've just pulled up the usage rate stats from this game, and Jalen Brown is down to 14.6% usage, which is, again, I don't have the comparison from the prior games this season, but I would imagine that is significantly lower than, than what we're used to. So it's yeah, unfortunate, but, yeah, you gotta you got to credit the, the Philly defense there. Um what else? I guess I want to get to some Reddit comments very quickly. So in the post-game thread, user Who's Forgotten wrote, Shot Clock Violation gives Sixers two points. Um, and that was a little divisive because it's sort of come out since the game that um, Embiid like sort of tapped it up into the rim. So maybe those points were legit. It then says, Brown is tackled by Richardson, no call. And the refs fuck us every time, even at home. Um, we sort of heard a bit of ref talk after the Pacers game as well. Do you buy into that ref stuff or do you think there's enough of a sample size of the Celtics sort of shitting the bed these past two games that like it's really on us and not, not the refs? Yeah, so I did see that comment. Um, I saw that right at the top just after the game finished. And yeah. um, for the most part, I'm not too sure what happened with the shot clock violation. Um, I, I, they didn't really show replay and they kept going on with the game. The foul with Brown, yes, I'm not too sure what happened there. But to be honest, I mean, games are won by points. So I think, you know, blaming the refs and blaming officials, that happens quite a lot. I think we just need to win the game on the day. Like, we had enough chances there towards the end to take that game. So I think we really shut it, especially at home. And uh, it sucks that we lost. Like, we had a, what, Winning games, ten. We're ten and one now, so we had uh-huh. ten games. Ten games at home, so yeah. Um, I'm not going to blame the refs. It, it, it's what happens on the day. Yeah, and there's definitely room for improvement there as well. Um, like we mentioned, the Philly defense in the second half, the Celtics, their offense, they seem to just go one on one late in the game rather than maintaining their their very successful team ball the passing etc went completely out the window and got unfortunately tatum again who wasn't hitting much all night uh, but just going one-on-one and those those really nice clutch plays where we did hit a couple of buckets to bring it close again they were all set plays so it's nice and early in the season you know it was a fun it was an intense close game we didn't pull it out this time um and despite some of our shortcomings we were like right there with the sixes the whole time and you know our guys are young 
the season is young. You you would hope as a positive takeaway that um, you know they can roll this up into future success. I suppose. Yeah, I totally agree. Like it was really neck and neck the entire time. The, you know, the entire game, and we haven't really had a full Celtics team. It seems like for most of the season, it seems like someone's always been out, or you know, either Hayward's been injured or Smart hasn't been there. So, um, you know, it's still before that you know, Christmas, New Year's period, business time starts next year. So, you know, beginning of next year up into the All-Star game, that's when things start. So I think we're still finding our groove. We're doing so much better than anyone thought we would be doing. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone predicted us to be so low on the table at this point in the year and not even be having any wins or competing at all. So, you know, I'm super stoked with how the Celtics are going at the moment. A couple right. losses here and there, that's fine. You know, we're 17 and 7. We're still, we're up there. I still think that we can finish top two in the East. Um, I'm a firm believer that we can finish either first or second. And, you know, I think it's just still early days. We'll see how we go over the next, uh, in, in, the, in the new year. We've only got a couple of games towards the end of the year. Yeah, we'd definitely be playing like a top tier East team, but unfortunately there's just a bunch of other teams who have been doing the same thing. It's it's probably going to remain tight there for a while. And um, yeah, I was just going to take the rest of the season to see what kind of separation we can achieve. Uh, user Leetspeak posted after the game a Gary Washburn tweet. Celtics have allowed 72 points in their past two fourth quarters, 38 last night at Indiana, and I'm not going to do the maths on the fly, but the rest today against the Sixers. Um, in that, that Indiana game, it was I, I feel like the game was lost. A lot of people were blaming the refs there as well, but the three consecutive turnovers by Jason Tatum at the beginning of the fourth quarter mm-hmm. um, absolutely killed us. We've had some success, and it's been fun watching the young Tatum and bench lineup sort of have successful stretches, but this was just not one of them. We needed to rest, or Brad needed to rest Kemba ahead of today's game against Philly. And, um, you know, again, it, it comes back to young guys being able to have learning experiences in games that ultimately don't matter. So hopefully um, that's the outcome of this. And another, quickly, another user, Reddit user, Senior Stone 71 writes, friendly reminder that the Celtics have played only three games this season where Smart, Tatum, Brown, and Hayward and Kemba each play 22 plus minutes. And I believe those won, they've won all of those games. So it kind of segues into the next part of this podcast, and that is what are the positive takeaways, I suppose, from, unfortunately, a negative stretch here for the Celtics. Uh, Lee, what are your positive takeaways from, from these past couple of games? Yeah, I think the positives are definitely, you know, having Hayward come back, Hayward healthy, Hayward looking good. He was on such a good run um, earlier in the year until he got injured, and, um, you know, he was really on his way to being, you know, an all-star again. So I think having Hayward come back, being healthy, being... Um, confident in his game. I think guys like Cantor and Teese, the German Jordan, um, both of them, you know, playing good minutes, putting up good shots, you know, having pretty good stats for these last couple of games as well. So having those sort of role players come in um, and, and do what they need to do, that that's sort of my takeaway because, we, like you said, uh, that, I don't remember the exact stat you said before, but we haven't had those certain players playing over 22 minutes this year yet. So we really haven't seen how this team can play. Um, so I think as we go, you know, throughout the season and, and into the playoffs next year, if, we, if we've got a full healthy squad and we've got the smarts, um, you know, Hayward, Tatum, Brown, and, and the rest of the crew there, I think we're going to be looking pretty good. Yeah, I really like the point on Gordon Hayward because 
it's not that long ago, but before he went out with the broken hand, he was, it kind of felt like the alpha dog. Like he'd had a really nice stretch of a few games there where he had that 39 points against Cleveland. And then he had, a, I think, a near triple double against the Hornets the following game. And like it was pretty clear that Haywood was our best player and playing at an all-star level and everyone could kind of fall into line behind him. And mm-hmm. yeah, like just, just that second half from, from Haywood today, it was kind of like, okay, like I decided to see that to sort of creep up to the surface again. And yeah, like, you know, talking positive takeaways a few days off now, I think five days off for the Celtics. And we can probably look forward to a bit more of that assertive, healthy Hayward uh, going forward, touch wood. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to note, it was actually his 600th NBA game today, I think I saw today. Oh, nice. Way to, yeah. way to bring the stats. <laughs> yeah, way to be a 600th NBA game. But um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Hayward is definitely a key piece in this team going forward. Like if we're going to be there in the finals and, you know, potentially winning, Hayward needs to be at 100%. And when he is, he brings the best out of the players around him. You can tell he's a leader. And him and Kemba especially, like, they seem to be gelling at the moment. You can see them talking when they're walking off the court. For sure. They're bumping each other. They're chatting. And that's something we haven't seen for the last couple of years. So having those two as our leaders for, you know, the rest of the team. And when Smart comes back, I mean, he just leads because he can, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's just an energy thing for Smart. Yeah, yeah. So when you've got those guys there, man, like, I honestly think that this team can compete and – I was calling it before the start of the season. A lot of people telling me, no, nah, they're not going to do this, they're not going to do that, da, 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 da. And, you know, I think we've proven a lot of people wrong and we're playing pretty well. So, yeah, I think, um, I think, I think, um, yeah, as we go over the next few weeks and into the, the new year, I think you'll see us just do pretty well if we can stay healthy. Yeah, it's an amazing what a lack of expectations can do. If anything, we've created new expectations in this recent stretch, which is what makes you know games like the the Philly and the Pacers game so disappointing. But um, ultimately, nothing compared to to last year. I, look, I think that twenty minutes on back to back losses is probably enough for for not only us but uh, anyone listening to this this podcast. Uh, I want to move on to the. Upcoming, I say upcoming, it's not till February, the NBA All-Star Game. It's in Chicago this year, I believe, on or around the 16th of February. And I'm not sure exactly when All-Star voting opens, but last season the voting results were made public around mid-January. Given that it's mid-December, we have to assume voting is, is opening up fairly soon. Now, I think it's safe to say that Kemba at this stage is a lock to make the All-Star Game. If, if not the starting lineup, then a very early and easy shoe-in uh, for the reserves, and it's pretty unlikely that three Celtics will make the All Star game. So the question is to you, Lee: Out of Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, who's more likely to make the team? Well, so looking at the stats, right, they're both they're both pretty even. Um, yeah. Tatum has played a few more games than um, than Brown has this year. Um, it, it's a hard one to pick, but honestly, <laughs> you put me on the spot. Um, to, to, yeah, like I said, they're, they're so bloody even at the moment in terms of points. I mean, you know, we've got Tatum at 20.9 points per game, rebounds 7.1, 2.8 assists, played more games. Brown's just under 20, very similar in terms of assists and, um, and rebounds. But if I had to say it, I'm going to say Tatum. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to say Tatum just because just because he's got that clutch, 
He's got that last. He's got that clutch. He's he's a bit taller. He's got the he's got the length. Um, if I was going to pick um, a team at this point, I'd probably put Tatum in there. Yeah, it is tough. And stats.nba.com is a great website to get lost in if you're a basketball nerd. And yeah. there's a player compare. There's actually there's a really cool team comparison sort of component to that website. But yeah, the the player comparison component you put in Tatum and Brown, and like they could not be more similar um statistic wise the, they're even the, yeah uh, almost like exactly like they're, they're, uh, they're so <laughs> it's it's so even it's like how do you pick i mean i don't know if you've seen online there's that shirt that says i love the jays it's like <laughs> i want to want to buy that shirt be like pick both <laughs> yeah absolutely uh, i've got that uh the, like the nba jam shirt that's got the like the player selection screen on the shirt and it's the, the two j's oh, great. Um, the but there's a couple of standout differences uh, if you look at the, mm-hmm. the rebounds and assists and turnovers and steals and blocks like they're almost identical plus minus is where you get a bit of separation obviously we've, we've been praising tatum's plus minus um like all season and he's got a 9.3 versus brown's 3.9 again mm-hmm. there's just an inverse in numbers there which just adds to the the similarities but yeah. it really comes down to field goal percentage tatum i'm uh, looking at his stats for the season the fact that he's shooting 40 percent from the field after games like today and yesterday that even seems surprisingly high but Jalen brown is shooting 50 percent from the field overall on True. almost as many attempts and um I don't know if that's the kind of stat that gets you in the all-star game versus a guy like Tatum who, like you mentioned, like this kind of like this smoothness, this aesthetic to his game that like I think people want to see on, on the all-star court. But you could really make an argument for Jalen Brown, but it's tough. I don't know if there's a definitive answer. Yeah, but I'll tell you at the same time, I mean, Jalen Brown has those dunks. Like, I mean, he's... He's got that flair about him as well that, you know, people like to watch in the All-Star game. So, I mean, you ask me today, I might say Tatum. You might ask me tomorrow, I might say Brown. It's just very hard for me to pick. I think that they're both, you know, worthy of an All-Star appearance this year. I think they're both great. Um, They bring different, you know, both of them bring different strengths to the game and they've got different flares about them. Um, So, yeah, it's, like I said, it's a hard one to pick. Yeah, and then you you put it down to the fact that they're reserves, and there's a there's a coaching element to like how they're voted onto the team, and it, it might be that Jalen Brown has more of those coach friendly tendencies over Jason Tatum that maybe gets him in, but uh, I don't know, it's tough tough to say. True. Yeah, well, look, uh, Celtics Redditors and alike people out there listening, let us know in the in the comment thread for this episode because it is a tough call. It's a divisive topic so keen to hear what everyone out there thinks um look we've got we're, we're running a little short here lee we've got a little bit of time um obviously you're a fellow australian i'm always curious to hear um like your game watching strategy because obviously the you know these nba games they happen while we're at work so like right. are you are you lucky enough to have an office or do you work from home or like how do you how do you sneak watch games throughout the day yeah, so for the last few years, I've always had NBA League Pass. So I've always had to sneak watch games through my phone. So uh-huh. it's always been listening to the game or, you know, trying to get it or booking a meeting here and there with someone that likes the NBA so we can watch it together while we're having a meeting. I mean, that has happened in the past. Nice. <laughs> yeah, but um, <laughs> recently this year, I'm actually I'm running my own business now. So 
I work from home, which is incredible because I'm actually, this is the first year I've actually been able to watch basically every single game. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, so while I'm working, I'm able to watch the game on TV and I just, you know, hook up NBA League Pass and do the work I need to do if I've got a meeting online or if I need to go somewhere, obviously pause it. But for the most part, um, yeah, I've been actually really lucky to watch all the games this year, which is, which is incredible. Super jealous. I was in a, a Skype meeting for the second half today. I took my lunch break for the first half. Game started at midday here. And uh, in a Skype meeting, fortunately, no no video on the meeting. So I had League Pass on my phone. And um, a couple of times I was like prompted to respond to questions and was just like, sorry, what? <laughs> no idea. But ultimately, it ended with me having watched the game, having had the meeting and, and walking away learning nothing from either of them so fortunately <laughs> fortunately we've got youtube highlights to to cover for, for those things but as far as that meeting it, it may as well have never happened uh i feel your pain mate um there's been many times where in the past there's been the end of the game and i've had to just go i'm going to the toilet to watch the last yeah. five minutes of the game so yeah i feel your pain yeah at this point in time like it's pretty cool like i actually get to watch um most of the games now this year and that's why i'm you know pumped up and I'm, I'm hoping that we we take it all the way this year yeah i mean it's regardless of what happens i, th- I think compared to last year it's just nice we, i feel like we say this every every episode now but it's just nice to love the team again and en- enjoy the team it's it's so true i mean last year was just it was hard um and it it was hard at the point like at that time you know that point in time it was actually really hard to put your finger on what it was it was just uh it was really tough to watch the team and you could tell that things just weren't working. And this year, like, you know, as soon as they came and played in Australia, you know, Kemba, um, Tatum, Brown, Smart, when they played in the USA team, they came over here. Um, I thought, wow, this is such a great opportunity for these guys to play together. And, you know, the Celtics, you know, I think you're going to have a, a pretty good year. My brother's a massive Warriors fan. I've got a, friends who are like who are Lakers who are Lakers fans and I mean all sorts of like WhatsApp groups and all sorts. I've got no one else really around that supports um the Celtics. So yeah, at the beginning of the year I thought I think we're actually gonna do pretty well. And I guess that's what brought us to this conversation where I posted that um that that um that comment uh, about a month or a couple of months ago on there and I just said, hey, it's just so great to be part of this community of you know Celtics fans and supporters and I think we're gonna have a really good year and that's how you got in contact with me and um yeah it's just it's just it's a different feeling this year I think um you know regardless of how far we go um this team is building we're young um you know Cambridge just come in I think there's there's bright lights ahead for us so it's going to be fun to watch and you know, it's been so fun to watch this team this year, and I think that's the biggest thing for me. It's so fun to watch them play. Like, even when they lost today, it was like, it's fine. You know, the crowd was so into it. They're fun to watch. We haven't had that for, you know, a couple of years. So um, let's let's just hope that we can, you know, keep it together. But as long as NBA is fun and the Celtics are fun, I'm here, man. Yeah, it's been, it's been great to soak up the good vibes. And, yeah, like you mentioned that, 
that Reddit post that you made and um, I, I can't remember it verbatim, but you, yeah, like you said, you were basically just like, I love Celtics Reddit. I love that there's this community for me to turn to when I need other Celtics tragics to talk to. Yeah. And uh, I read that and I was just like, dude, that is that is my life. Like isolated from obviously Boston and, and many Celtics fans. Yeah. Um, and it's it's totally the reason why we started this podcast is just an extension of, of Celtics Reddit. And to, to be able to have interactions like this where like a quick upvote and comment on a post leads to like a, a live conversation where that we record and, and give back to Celtics Reddit and, and post it on Celtics Reddit. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, um, exactly, man. And that, that was the best thing about it when you contacted me and you're like, hey, do you want to be fun? I'm like, yeah, I'll jump on. It took us a couple of weeks to get it sorted. But, um, you know, I also had uh, guys like, I don't know if you guys know, Green Green Runs Deep. I mean, I think most yeah. of you know GRD. Um, and I speak to him fairly often on on Instagram. Nice. He 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 posted a me- he posted a reply on that um, on that comment that I made, and he was just like, "I love you too, bro." And like we chat quite <laughs> often. I'm like, so I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 in the I'm in the Celtics bloody you know family as much as I possibly can be. I'm wearing a Jalen Brown singlet right now, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice, very very on brand. Yeah. Um, uh, it's so good to hear, man. So the upcoming schedule, there's really not much of one to speak of. There's a huge break, like we mentioned earlier. I think it's a five-day break. The next game isn't till Wednesday, if you're in the States, Thursday morning, if you're here in our part of the world against the Mavericks. Um, no point really unpacking the rest of the schedule there, Leo. I'd imagine uh, we'll have another episode out between now and then. Um, the Dallas game, and given the break and the fact that the team can use some time not only to rest but maybe to address some um some shortcomings how, how are you feeling about that game particularly with the strength of Luca and the Mavs and the fact that it's in their house what are your predictions for that one yeah it's a worrying game I think we can still win but um it's going to be one of those neck and neck games again hey it's going to be very close I can't see a blowout on either side I can see us fighting for it it's just going to be a tough game it just depends on uh, Marcus Smart to be honest I really want him to come back if he can come back we can beat them we've beaten them once this year um you know, we can. I think we can beat them again. After that, we've got the Pistons, Hornets, and then it's you know Boxing Day, the Raptors. So I think our big game really is this Mavs game. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, the Mavs game, and then hopefully a couple of quick wins against um, the very shitty Hornets and and Pistons. And you know, the Raptors have been on the downtrend lately, but big hyped game on Christmas against, you know, um, a team that is currently contending for a top spot in the East along with us. Um, mm-hmm. That's going to be tough. So Mavs, uh, I think it was Joe, who's a regular on our pod, said it in the last episode. Like, the Mavs have been good, but it just feels like, you know, with the the top-end talent that we have, we're just a better team than then. So if, if we show up and play our best or even close to our best, pretty confident that we could beat the Mavs. There's I only agree. so many guys that you need to sort of nullify defensively to to get over them. We've got enough wing depth that I think that we can take care of Luca and, and the boys. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And like I, I keep saying, as long as Marcus Smart's back, because he, he he changes the energy of that team. When he's on the court, mate, we win. Yeah, it's crazy. It's night and day. Um, get well soon, Marcus. I hope you're, uh, you've got some eye drops and uh, whatever else you need to get better. Otherwise, take my eyes, seriously. I, yeah. uh, I don't need them. <laughs> Not nearly as much as you. <laughs> 
All right, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Celtics Reddit podcast. Please let us know your thoughts on any of the aforementioned topics in the comments for this post. And if you're after a superb Twitter follow, you can find us at Celtic Reddit Pod. Lee, aka Broncos Celtics, uh, it's been awesome talking to you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, no worries at all. Hope to do it with you again soon. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. All right, until next time, go Celtics. Peace. Cheers, go Celtics. Mm-hmm.